T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now, Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe, how are you? Eh, I'm good. It's Thursday. <laughs> Heading into the weekend. That's right. Uh, Beamaz and Beamer here on WBEN. Here with you until about 10 o'clock or so. Thanks for being on with us. Joe, when you uh, go and, you know, it's not so much of an issue today. It's raining. But, it, you know, all summer long. When you go, you're driving along, you see a construction zone on oh, the 290 yeah. or something like that. When do you merge in to the lane? If you're in the lane that's going to be shut down by some cones yep. and construction, when do you merge into there? As soon as possible. Okay. Get over. Don't contribute to the uh, slowdown of traffic like those cars at the, at the cones are doing. That's how I've always looked at it. That's how you've always looked at it. Yes. Uh, exactly the opposite of uh, what you're supposed to do. That's <laughs> according to some people. Um, according to a lot of people. Uh, th- but, no, I, I think you're with most people, and I, I find myself doing the same thing all the time because it's just – it seems polite, right? Yes. It seems like the polite thing to do. It seems like you're being a jerk if you're passing a bunch of cars. Yep. And then cutting in, but and no. People will let you in a lot easier if you're the more back you are. You'd think that would be the case. It's not. Well, that's the, been the case that I've. Known. You are um, aggressive driver isn't the word that I want to go with, though. You are offensive. An offensive driver. Offensive. Yeah. Offensive and offensive. Offensive. I don't think I'm offensive. A little offensive. bit of both. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not so, good being a defensive driver, but you. Uh, so you go in right away. That's but that's not what you're supposed to do. do. Do people know this zipper merging? What you're supposed to be doing? There's another article on this in the L.A. Times because in L.A. they do it all wrong. Nobody uh, really knows what to do. But I it brought to light something I didn't know. So I knew that this was, you know, for the last like decade or so, it's been gaining steam. And, you know, they've done like a million studies and research on this. And the way to merge when there's a lane closing is to use the entire lane, the whole way of the lane, and then you merge in right when the lane ends. And that's supposed to eliminate a lot of the traffic backups you see. Mm. That if everybody did that, there would be much less of a backup. And it stands to reason, right? 
You know why? Because you have more road that people are using. <laughs> and if everyone just kind of played along with it, it would be good. So I knew that that was really gaining steam and that more and more people were becoming awake to that, even though not everybody does this. I didn't know this. Zipper merging has been written into traffic laws in some states. In Illinois, since 2020, if you fail to merge late in the lane, you could be fined. You could be pulled over, fined. It's against the traffic law. Mm. Similar laws expected in Utah, North Carolina, as well. Now, a law, I don't know. That might be going a little too... I think that's going too far. uh, Education on it, yeah. I I think it's situational. what do you mean? I just I think it's uh, you got to feel the situation that you're in. I, I don't think it's <laughs> I don't think it's as cut and dry as this as this article's point uh, making it sound. That just from my experience of driving, I've done a little bit of it. <laughs> I just I, I think I've probably driven more than the people that re- write this article. Really? Yes. You've done more traffic research than you know the Not people research. who look at this. No, it's it's called being in the traffic. I that is what an attitude to have toward life. <laughs> Not Listen, life. I know this, this is this your is, job. This is I know, I know this is what you do, but eh, I kind of know better. One thing. What you do, this, this, is, this is one thing where I just feel that it's situational. I'm not going to start going to the cones. I'm going to keep on doing what I've been doing. But unless how is I'm it, in Illinois. How is it situational? The situation is always, the situation is always that there are two lanes. Well, one of them is going to go into the other. Yes. That that's is, the situation. That's the situation. Always. I'm talking about the situation of the traffic. The situation of the traffic is there's cars on the road. Okay. If you're <laughs> in a situation where more people are merging in earlier and it starts to, you know, the, the traffic is moving better with what's going on, I'm just going to keep on going with the flow. Now, if it's where most people are doing this, if you're in Illinois, I guess you have to. Uh, okay. Then I'll wait to the cone. I, I, I just, Okay. If that's what, but if there is a, if I am on the 290 and you have to get over because there's construction right out here on Millersport, off uh, off the Millersport exit, uh, and people are early getting into that open lane and that seems to be going fine, well, I'm not going to break the, uh, I'm not going to break what's going on. I'm just going to follow suit. I guess if everybody is following along one by one in one direction, it would, it's kind of like the lane is ending yes. right there. If every other car is letting someone in. Which is what's supposed to happen. It does take two to tango, as they say. Right. So Most it, people, I feel, and maybe I'm wrong, Brian. I, 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 I can be wrong. I've been wrong a lot. I don't feel I'm wrong about this, but okay. If I feel still, because I think a lot of people agree with me, um, still, most people see someone go up to the cone they're like, I'm not letting that person in. And they will ride bumper to bumper with the person in front of them. They're jerks. But see, I would say that about the person who waited till the end to merge over. They're just doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're merging. What difference does it make if they merge over? It's a lane you're allowed to drive in that lane until you're not allowed to drive in it anymore. Right. So what's the difference if they merge over there or 200 feet before? Because if I'm the car that's eight cars back, why should this person get ahead of me? Because that's just the way life mm. goes sometimes, Joe. No, no. It's way no, it's... no, thank you. You could have gotten in back there. There was an opening. That semi-truck didn't move. 
there's uh, I mean, so, so it, with this because because I read through this and you know I'm not much of a reader, Brian, but I read through this article. So if I if there is a big gap in traffic, why you are taking the lane that's about to close, you still are to wait till the end of the of the lane. I would say if there's a big gap and there's more likely to be the gap in the back than right in the front before it closes, um, I would take where there's oh look at this. This person's on their phone. There's an opening here. I'm going to just slide right in. Well, sure, but that's not in traffic. Do you understand what I'm saying? This, this, is, pretty, this is in traffic. This is assuming there, there are cars on the road. There are a that, lot of cars on the road. That is in traffic. When, when it's inching along, inching along, and there's this person who's lost on their phone, and they've let this car go up a car Typically, length or two. Typically, if I notice a person who's lost on their phone in the middle of uh, highway driving, yes. I would tend to not you don't want to be, in front of them? be in front of that person. Okay. That would be my instinct. I've always thought if this is a natural opening in the traffic jam, I'm going to get in now instead of speeding up. And I, I, it doesn't have to be speeding up. You're not speeding up. That, no one's speeding up. You go, you're, you go. And okay. then if your lane is ending, you go until your Poor lane ends. Of words. You use the entire highway that's available to you until it's no longer available to you. But if you don't to have you. to, sometimes even in a traffic jam, there are openings. Again, people just waiting. Maybe they put their car in park. They're doing something else. I don't know. To me, I think if, there, if, you're, if there's a traffic jam, if cars have been sitting there for a while... And there is someone letting you in a mile from when the when the lane closes. I think the the respectable thing to do is say thank you very much. I'll sit right here. If there's a traffic jam and everybody's sitting at a standstill, that means somebody did something wrong well before you, and probably it's a moot point. Well, if there's, but mostly do you, do you get what I'm saying. Mostly, here? if it's a busy highway, if every lane is closing, traffic does tend to slow down. If everybody did this in the first place. There wouldn't be the traffic jam. The, the reason why there's the traffic jam is because nobody knows the correct way to do things. I don't know if it's the correct way to do things or if everyone just get on the same page and do one of the two things. But the one thing to do would be to use all the road you have and merge correctly. Again, I think if every, every other, other car, car would- goes in. Yeah, but you could do that a mile back, is what I'm saying. Why would you do it a mile back? Again, because if it's there, take it when it's there. No, hey, thank you for letting me over. I'll just go right to the cone. Thank you very much. It's, <laughs> it's, that would never happen. A mile back from where the road's going to end, every other car is letting people in, you're saying? We're living in a society. It shouldn't happen. No. You should use the entire road. Okay. Doesn't it stand to reason? I mean, doesn't it just like make sense on paper that if you have more road surface area where cars are traveling there would be less congestion it does but i have seen in action people waiting to the end and they're the ones slowing everyone down no only because they're not being let in when they should be so it's not them slowing people down it's the people who aren't letting cars in slowing people down it's like a traffic set you can have a perfect circle Traffic on a loop, the Daytona 500. There it is. It could be Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Okay. And there's no, you know, there's no merging, no anything. It's just there's no red lights. But if one person taps on the brakes for no reason, everybody else is going to slow down, and that creates a traffic jam. It's this chain reaction that results from just one person 
doing something messed up. That's why you have to have everybody on the same page. This is the page to be on. According to the L.A. Times. No, no, it's not according to the L.A. Times. This is according to the Michigan DOT late merge study, the Texas DOT merge type study, the Virginia DOT, Nebraska Department, Louisiana, and 33 other states yeah, well. who have done <laughs> this. Not according to the L.A. Times. They're just writing about what everybody else has studied I mean, for the last 20 years. You can study it all you want. Neil, but you'll never be as smart as Joe. That's right. Neil, or uh, Neil. Neil, how do you emerge? Neil is a truck driver. I will believe what Neil says. <laughs> Don't always go with that, Joe. I'll lead you astray every time. That's right. Neil, what's the proper way to merge? If you actually should be in the center lane. You should get out of that lane when people are merging on because they're merging on. So if you want to be a good driver, just get out of their way. Uh, You're talking. Oh, I have to stop you, Neil. You're talking about a different type of merging. You're talking about merging on to a highway and what you do if you're driving and people are, you know, let's say you're getting on the uh, 290 at the boulevard and the people going on to the 290 from the boulevard. That's what you're talking about. We're talking about when you're on the highway. Say you're on the 290 and one lane is going to end because of traffic. It goes from three down to two lanes and you're in that lane that's ending, say it's all the way on the left side, when do you go into the other? Here, when the situation where you have, like, the Galleria uh, on-ramp coming on, you have uh, you have people in that lane. If you if you just get over to the center lane, you have no issue. They should be able to pull on the road when traffic's moving. What people, I think, have an issue with is when they see you come from behind them, exit off the highway, get on the on-ramp, and then run the on-ramp to the end. I mean, that's what I had an issue with when I was a truck driver, because you can look in your mirrors and you can see this guy's just hopping the, hopping the on-ramps all the way down the road. And when there's construction, Neil, to follow up that, d- does it not annoy you when people take the, the lane that's about to close all the way to the very end? Joe, I used to drive a standard, and everything annoyed me about people on the road, from their phones to the habits that they drive. I mean, I, here I am, a professional amongst a bunch of Amateurs. That's right. That's how I feel when I'm driving. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Neil, thanks for the call. Joe, don't get me started on driving with you. Joe, driving with you is like I at least five times in the car with you am doing like the – I'm like clutching on to whatever I can hold. Well, You're the you, – drivers like you are the reason why there's that little handle up there. I don't think so. I, I'll say this. <laughs> you, you are – there are people I who drive. I drive myself every day. I <laughs> – there are people who drive, and I'm not like this, and you you are actually uh, the embodiment of somebody who, because what you're, what you're describing of what makes you mad is not really people using the entire lane and then merging. Hmm. It's people weaving in and out of traffic. It, it, you are not liking somebody who is in the lane that's going to be taken, in the center lane, who dips into the lane that's about to close, drives, and then cuts like three cars off. Yes, that's not what you're supposed to do either. You you keep right. your lane and merge in. You are almost like the road equivalent of that, where it's drive, you know, say you're on a road that's 45 miles an hour. Right. And then you hit a uh, stop sign, and you are going 45 miles an hour until that stop sign, and then you're stopping. And then as soon as you go, you're going uh, from zero to 45 miles an hour yet again. That's why you don't want me to have the electric car. (laughs) (laughs) That is why I'm saying maybe uh, put like the eco mode on the the electric car that you get. But you know what? You bring up a good point because I view the lane that's about to close like the left lane on the highway, right? 
if if you're not passing anyone, get the hell out of the left lane. The left lane is not there to go side by side with someone in the right lane. I feel the same way about the lane that's about to close, right? You're going to eventually get in this traffic jam. I'm letting you over right here, but you're going to go eight cars ahead of me. That, that's how I view it. it. It's more about, I don't like that that person who got on after me is now going to be ahead of me in this traffic jam. Well, the whole idea is they're not, there's not supposed to be a traffic there's jam. There's going to the be a traffic place. jam. The, if everybody is on the same page with this, there's not a traffic jam. Traffic might move a little bit more slowly. Exactly. But you're not going to come to the stops and starts because people are just merging in and out at random times. You know exactly when it's going to happen. You're going to reach a point, and it's almost like what's supposed to happen when you exit the parking lots after a game, whether you're downtown or you're in Orchard Park. One car goes, and then you go. And then another car goes, and then the other person goes, right? It's one after one after one after one after. Always followed well. If, <laughs> right? But it happens better there than it does on the highway when there's construction. Wouldn't you agree? I will agree with that, yes. If people keep that mindset, and we can do it on the highway, one, 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 one after one after one, there's no, the traffic jam shouldn't happen. That makes sense in theory. I just, maybe I need to see it happening, and then I can say, you know what, I was wrong. But to the, and, until then, I'm going to continue to drive in the middle of the, uh, of the lane so they can't get around me and have to get in behind me. <laughs> what we're going to have to do is take this show on the road to Illinois and uh, get in some construction highway traffic. Oh, you want me to get a fine now? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, no, we'll be together in the car. And we'll go to a couple well, different highways within the hour. Hey, if, if the, <laughs> see how people merge. If the Virginia DOT isn't on this, then you know what? I'm, I might have to see it this fall. Maybe it'll be in, in motion this fall in Virginia. That's what they're, uh, The idea here, though, it's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to get everybody. How do, how no. do we know to do that in the parking lots when you're leaving a game or something like that? It's just because you've, you've witnessed it happen a million times before, ever since you were a little kid. That's how, you know, people have, and it's ingrained in you. This is something that, it's kind of like a new idea. It's not, it's not really a new idea. But it's something that they're just now, in the last 10 years, teaching young drivers. Now, there's two problems with that. One, that means it's going to take a while before everyone on the road is on the same page. Two, um, I would love to see the DMV stats of how many people fail their road test right now as opposed to, like, the, the quiz on the rules of the road, right? as opposed to 20 years ago. I don't think anybody <laughs> follows that, what's going on, and uh, <laughs> listens to anything that any, anyone says in, like, driver ed or something like that. I was going to say, I, I passed the, uh, the road test my first time. I So did I. See, look at but us. We're, we're men we're, of a different we're, age. We're two professional <laughs> drivers. Look at us. You know, you call me a bad driver. I, well, I did not say you were a bad driver. Mm. You imply the state of New York might say otherwise, but I did not say you were a bad. I have driver. not gotten a ticket in almost five years. <laughs> but, you know, and, and I have to say, I think that's pretty impressive because, OK, are there times where I might be a little erratic when driving? I think, to, but not to a dangerous level. I mean, I drive to every home Virginia Tech game and back and I have not been in an accident. I have not gotten a ticket in five years on those trips. You know, I think things are going pretty good. How many tickets in total, though? But not in five years. Okay, but... Well, you get better with age. <laughs> I like how you're just avoiding the it, question. Well, according to the state of New York, after 18 months, those don't matter anyway. 
So it's been five years. <laughs> you get, you're, it's like the NHL Department of Player Safety. Uh, Ruth is in Lancaster. Ruth, how do you merge? So I agree with Joe in the sense of if you try to merge at the end, nobody lets you in, and you're stuck there. That's right. So I don't like that, and I would rather merge at the end, but nobody will let me in, so I merge early. Okay, Ruth, I like that, but that's the problem of the people who aren't letting you in. That's not the driver who's going to the end is actually doing the right thing. Steve is in Dunkirk. Steve, how do you merge? Hello? He's merging right now. Steve, how, do, how are you merging right now? Oh, okay. No, I went Yesterday I went to Erie, and uh, they have the road construction, and they actually have signs now. I've never seen that before. But they have signs that say, use both lanes until you merge. There you go. And the sign, you're going to see more and more of that of those signs, probably. Yeah. Were people paying attention? That's the question. It does work better that way, though. It really does. Sorry. Was but Steve was everyone doing that in the situation that you saw? Yes. Yes, huh? they were. All right. Hey, I like it, Steve. Nope, that, uh, maybe it's the signs. That's in Erie, Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, yeah, we can make a sign. I'm. You know what? I'm not going to admit that I was wrong, that I am wrong, but I do want to see this in action. I think you are just... Stubborn? You have the right idea of people aren't doing this. But the idea is, like, everyone has to be on board. So in that sense, you're kind of right that in a lot of cases, it doesn't make that much of a difference. Right. Because, like Ruth said, I think it was Ruth who called in and said, if people aren't letting the people in at the end, then the whole process is for naught. Right. It doesn't it's, work. It's like having a passing lane, but people are riding side by side. Yes. Um, so I think you're right in that sense. In the sense that it's a terrible idea? No. I I think it's actually a good idea. I'm not sure I ever said it was a terrible idea. I, I just I, I said with my experience... I um I just would rather people get in behind me because again I think most drivers think like me why the hell is this person able to get in front of me but you're but I get what you're saying if everyone followed that that wouldn't be the case because it would just keep on moving I I do understand that I just uh, I in I, the realisms of the road I just don't think that's reality in 2022 the only reason I did this show it's a gloomy Thursday it's you know trouble uh, trouble for me to get up I just knew it would uh, stick you in the side a little did bit. this help you. Yeah. All right, good. <laughs> I'm feeling good. We'll be back here, Beamaz and Beamer on WBE. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now, Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. All right, Joe, what do you think? Uh, you know what they used to uh, call this uh, Thursday night? Must see TV. Must see TV. That's uh, used to be every Thursday night, right? I And for me, it was true. I don't know about you. But I, like, for a while, Thursday night, appointment viewing. I was maybe like the tail end of the uh, Seinfeld Friends. Yep. Actually, you know, most of Friends I was uh, pretty, you know, hmm. around 10, 11 years old for. And the, but then, you know, when all that ended, it was only a couple years later when they switched. The Office was on with 30 Rock. Oh, yeah. And Parks and Recreation, all on NBC, primetime TV every single Thursday. Some, you know, those three shows or two of the three shows were on all throughout the fall season, and I was Thursday nights in front of a TV. I grew up Thursday nights. You know, the first thing my parents would let me stay up late for, which back in the day, 9 o'clock was late, uh, was Seinfeld, Frasier, you know, Must See TV. Those were the two shows that I uh, really loved on Must See TV. And then, Brian, for you, it was uh, continuing with sitcoms on NBC. Uh, but for a lot of us, Thursdays became Must See TV again when a certain show called Jersey Shore uh, was on Thursday nights. Also must-see TV. <laughs> For some, I guess. But, <laughs> but it was, um, you know, it, it's a little bit different now, isn't it? Because tonight must-see TV is a, a congressional hearing. Yes. Which is, Ugh. in my opinion, a little bit of a downgrade from the office. Entertainment-wise, a, li- a lot of a lot of it. <laughs> but I, but it, you know, people are struggling to figure out what to fill prime time viewing with, and you know, without going into the you know, pros and cons of putting a hearing like this on prime time, you know, as a made-for-TV special, which is a whole issue of its own. If you're a TV network, you're just clamoring for anything that people might want to watch. You don't think uh, you don't think uh, there being a producer hired in Washington D.C. is anything more than uh, to made for TV? No, but you know, Brian, that's why. I mean, ABC last night. I mean, they got the ratings. Why? Not because of uh, of um, scripted programming, but because of the NBA Finals. One yeah. of the few live sports. It's yeah. one of a few things people are watching live, that live sports on network TV really saves a lot. I mean, why do you think March Madness is so huge for CBS? It's the one time they can count on primetime viewing being at an all-time high. It's not because people aren't just just not watching TV either, but they're watching different things. Or they feel compelled, and this is new, to be um, more than passive in what they watch, to choose wisely what you watch. It's why we call some shows guilty pleasures nowadays when I think maybe 15 years ago 
it would have just been something I like to watch. Right? <laughs> but now it's a guilty pleasure because you're not supposed to like this type of programming. I think even something like Survivor, once the biggest show on TV, would now kind of qualify for some people as, oh, it's my guilty, guilty pleasure. pleasure. Reality TV. Why? Because, it's, well, it's not prestige. It's not The Wire or Breaking Bad or, you know, something that could be uh, in a movie theater. <laughs> right? It's uh, a little more lowbrow. And it, it got me thinking, Joe, uh, yes. this tonight of uh, something. I'm reading right now uh, Chuck Klosterman's book on the 90s, which I, I think is very interesting in what he writes. It's his new book all about 90s. I mean, it jumps from one thing to another. And I was just reading the other night when he was talking about TV. And he mentioned one thing in particular that I know you. The second <laughs> I, I didn't even have to say what it was. I just uh, mentioned the name of the episode from the 90s. On TV, Seinfeld. I think a lot of people, I think this is from, what, like the fourth season of Seinfeld? Yes, yes. It would have been right in the middle of the 90s, right? Right, right. And this is when they were making the pitch for Jerry. Well, here, let's uh, let's let George Costanza tell you. What did you do today? I got up and came to work. There's a show. That's a show. <laughs> How is that a show? Well, uh, maybe, maybe something happens to you on the way to work. No, 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 nothing happens. Well, something happens. Well, why am I watching it? Because it's on TV. Not yet. But that, all right, the last line, I think that's the punchline. But the line that's focused on this book I'm reading is because it's on TV. Yeah. And then it looks at trends in the 90s of what was popular and, you know, what shows did huge ratings and what shows did smaller ratings, which were still by today's standard humongous ratings. You know, the 21st ranked sitcom or something that would only last one season would be still like the most watched show in all of TV uh, if it were just, you know, those same numbers were replicated right now. But that idea, why am I watching it? Because it's on TV. <laughs> that used to happen all the time. And, you know, what he does in this book, he points to different shows that, you know, simply because a show was on after Seinfeld that a lot of people liked, right. it would do monster numbers and people would watch it. And he said, in the, you could actually put a show of people reading magazines in silence on after Seinfeld, and probably 20 million people would watch it at least for one week. Because it was on TV? Because it was on TV. <laughs> and the idea there is that TV was more of a passive experience than what we treat it as right now. Yes. And I think that still people are longing for that passive experience. And why I kind of think that for some people... Tonight, having this big hearing in Washington is actually going to be a little bit of a welcome, (laughs) I can't believe I'm going to use this word, distraction from their normal TV viewing habits. (laughs) Because I think a lot of people are going to put on these hearings and it'll just be on. And maybe they'll pay attention a little bit and maybe they won't. And it'll just be on the background. And it'll still be on. You can go to the bathroom. It'll still be on and whatever. And that's how TV used to be. You know, Joe, there used to be uh, uh, Friends. Friend, great, people like the show. But you know what you could do during Friends? You, you would feel free. You can get up and go to the bathroom. Yes. You would uh, get up and go uh, do the laundry. 
You can get and do whatever, and you're not worried that you're missing plot points. <laughs> you're not worried that you're missing, you know, this or that. Even ER, you know, what are the prestige dramas of that time? You're not worried that you're going to miss something vitally important, a great piece of dialogue. No, because it's just TV. Right. It's just on TV. I think people, I don't know about you, Joe, I think people are kind of longing for that to return in some way where you could say, yeah, everyone watched it because it was just on TV. I think people are looking for that. But I'll go back to something you said, a distraction. I don't think people are going to watch this because people want a distraction from politics, Brian. It's in our face every day. It's this toxic political climate, and the people who avoid it, avoid it for some reason. And they're not going to turn on, you know what I mean? They're not going to turn on network TV. I think people are looking for what you're saying. I think people want uh, the return somehow of, hey, did you see Seinfeld last night? Did you see this last night? I don't think the hearing is what people want because I really do believe, uh, not you know, away from the fringes of both parties, I really do believe people want something to talk about that's not Biden or Trump. Yeah, I, and that's where we'll have a, almost a fundamental disagreement. Because uh, where you said uh, you think people are seeking out ways to avoid, that it's all that I, I think still, and, you know, it's skewed from working in this building. Okay. And you were just here with me for straight hours of news. Yes. Most people, if they want to pay attention to all that stuff, do have to seek it out. Most people aren't paying attention to it on a day-to-day basis. Most people are not. For a reason. No, you don't have to willfully. I think a lot of people look at anyone who is not up on current events or not paying attention to uh, whatever hearing is going on on a given day in Washington or what the current status of uh, gun reform bill is in Albany or in D.C. I think for people who are invested in the news, they're looking at those people as being willfully ignorant of the news okay that they are turning their back to the news and i think that's a totally wrong way of looking at it uh because i, I don't think those people are willfully ignoring the news i don't think they're going out of their way at all I, they're going about their daily business and probably never hear about it because most people aren't talking about it <laughs> right in day-to-day life most people aren't and that's not because they're trying not to talk about it. It's just because it's not even on their mind. And instead, I think it's the opposite, that if you are involved, if you do know the status of some of these things, if you are, um, you do know, okay, tonight, this hearing is going on. I'm either going to watch it or I'm going to totally ignore it. It's all the worst thing ever. You know, whatever your opinion is of it, you are the one who is going out of your way to find that information. Still, even though it seems like it's all around you, all-encompassing, you're still the one, I think, going out of your way to do that information. Uh, and, and I think that shows up in conversations. If somebody brings up politics, anything uh, like that, uh, you know, very heady current events in conversation. Now, you might have a group of friends where that happens all the time. Yeah. And that's different. But in general, I think amongst random groups of people. People tune that person out. Oh, yeah. If you're the person who says, and I I don't think you're being, uh, you're not being mean or you're not uh, trying to ruin the room or anything by bringing it up. But if you bring up anything political in the conversation, 
and you're just kind of assuming, well, this is what this is in my world. This is what everybody's talking about because I, you know, have the news network on in the morning or, you know, I'm, I'm involved or listen to this. I think you get the look from everybody like, oh, Jesus, I, yeah. you know, can we walk away from this conversation right now? It's I have like, no interest in having this. It's like when I bring up the Mets to Brian. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, but that's a great example for you. The Mets, it would you right could have um, you're walking, you're full of knowledge about that team. You, you know what's going on. You know the day to day. And you could talk about it with anybody. Right. It, it, but if you did, you talk – for you, it's just common. Right. You, you, you don't think you're going out of your way to be very knowledgeable about the New York Mets. But if you went up to – and you ask me sometimes, hey, did you see – you know what? and I just stop you like, no. <laughs> I, I have literally no idea what you're talking about. I couldn't name one player. I know they're blue and orange. There Aside from that, they got a big is. baseball guy as their uh, mascot, and they play in New York City. I mean, aside from that, my knowledge ends of the Mets. And it's not – and we are both going about our day thinking that we're not doing anything different in terms of seeking out information or avoiding information. I don't think I'm avoiding Mets information. I'm just going – you don't think you're seeking out above and beyond. Inform- you're just going about your day. I, it's all in the perception of people. But I think more often than not, people are going about their day ignoring the politics. But to your point – because to your point, ignoring, just not paying attention, not paying attention, right? They're going about their day. They don't feel like they're avoiding it. If they turn their TV on tonight and see the January 6th hearing to someone who's not into this political thing, they're not on the fringes of a party. Wouldn't that be like turning a Mets game on? No. See, here's why I think it's a little bit different. Okay. It's going to be on every network. And I think that's part of it. If this was just on one network, you might keep flipping. It's going to be on all the major networks and then the cable news networks. So, you know, at least like seven places are going to have this on. Okay. It's almost like election coverage in a way. Right. On like a presidential election night. I think this is the time people are flipping through. They see this again and again and again. Oh, I guess this is what people are watching. And you tune it on. You turn it on. And then you don't really think about it. And you watch it the same way you watch Friends. You go and do the laundry. And it's on. And you might pay attention. And instead... I think what we've become is now that your options are so many, and you got Netflix, and you got this, and you got that, and you got TV, and there's a million channels, and there's all these different things that you can watch, and TV has become not a show about nothing. It's these highly prestigious, you know, it's almost like you're flipping through and you have to, oh my goodness. You know, it's why I think people just flip through Netflix. The new Seinfeld is just flipping through (laughs) and looking at the posters and watching... 10 seconds of the clip that they show in the upper corner and deciding whether or not you're going to watch that and saying next, 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 next. Because now that you have the option and you're not just turning on one of four channels, (laughs) you have to make some decision like I have to use my time wisely. Yeah. I have to watch something that's going to be worth it. And that was never a consideration before. Well, see, that's we're different because I'll flip through like three things and say, I'll just go back to Seinfeld because Seinfeld's on Netflix. And I usually end up watching Seinfeld <laughs> or comedians in cars getting coffee. Um, but see, Brian, and that's where I find there's something different because I do believe, like I said, I understand what you're saying. People aren't avoiding news. They're going about their day to day. And I think for a lot of people who this isn't their day to day, you know, political news, uh, a combination of the two. I think they see anything from Washington, D.C., and they're turned off. Like, I don't, I don't want to get into this. What's on the next channel? What's on the next channel? And I, that, that's why I say I think people are longing for that. But there's two things. People aren't watching network TV like they used to. And I do think 
for a majority of people, anything political, anything to the right, the left, the middle, anything based in D.C. is a turnoff for people. And I think that's true for a group of people. But I think it's also true that you'll have – and these – watch. I, I mean, it stands to reason because it's going to be on every network that more people are going to watch this tonight than, you know, watch – what, like – Almost anything that happened in well, Washington. Yeah, like you said, it, it's going to be everywhere. It's right? not just on C-SPAN. So I think there's a lot of people who are going to turn it on and be like, oh, you know, what's uh, – I know these two signs and all these people yelling at each other, hating each other. Uh, you know, what's going on here? What are they talking about? But you're not going to see that tonight. Nah. You're not going to see people yelling at each other because it's all one side. It's all, but, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all in the theater, right? You're going to see uh, – oh, oh, this is what everyone's, uh, you know, yammering about on TV. Oh. <laughs> You know, that's interesting. All right. You know, next. I yeah. don't care. Oh. Well, I, I guess I'm in tune with uh, what's happening in Washington for the day. Next. Oh, wait, it's on here too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it does kind of remind me of, you know, the era before. Networks are always looking for something. What's going to be on TV? It's got to be so tough. And you want to know why this is on every single network um, and why I wouldn't be surprised to see more things like this? is because you're searching for that one thing that people are just going to click through. You're no longer in a an era where people are just kind of blindly, needlessly watching something just because it's on TV. It's on t- yeah. Now it's, all right, we have to pick the perfect thing. Oh, it has to be this great show, critically acclaimed, something like that, that I'm really going to enjoy because you have so many options instead of just four or five. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to get back to a time, Brian, where it was, did you see such and such last night? But I think outside of sports, that's few and far between. Oh, yeah. And even most, I mean, outside of the Bills. Yeah. Here, outside of the Bills, it's, uh, you know, NBA Finals, I mean, you know, a lot of people are watching it. Yeah, I know Boston has a lead. A lot of people are watching the hockey games, Mm -hmm. uh, but nowhere near the amount that you could go, hey, (laughs) you know, what about last (laughs) night? I think that's why I, I just, like, never turn on the TV anymore. Because I don't know what to watch. I never turn on the TV because I have too many options. <laughs> I know one <laughs> on thing. TV. I know one thing about the uh, the NBA Finals last night that the rim was too high during uh, warmups for the Warriors, and they had to adjust it before tip off. Is that a thing that can happen? Uh, apparently, it happened last night. Why? Well, I if heard you, if you have. Let me just uh, explain why I asked the question. If you have a basketball net, yeah, and it's for an NBA team. Wouldn't it just be, like, fixed to the height that it's always supposed to be at? You would think. You would think. <laughs> but And people were saying, oh, you know, the, the Celtics were trying to cheat. But remember, they have to shoot on that basket twice during yeah. the game. <laughs> but people said it was because they wanted to disrupt the Warriors during their warm-ups. And if that was the case, it worked. Well, that's a great little... I mean, Conspiracy. that's crazy, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, why, why are they adjustable at all? They, like, lower them? They have, like, kids' games? Well, they do, but the, the Bruins aren't playing. I was going to say they do take them, you know, when they put the ice down. But yeah, You just keep them the same height. Yeah. Right? I mean. Well, they have to get them into the tunnel, but they wouldn't have taken them down because right, the Bruins lower aren't them, playing. But then they, you know, fix up. It's like the ladder. You can collapse it, but then you expand it, and it's a pretty standard. It's always open to exactly how it needs to be for me to walk up safely. That's true. I know, That's amazing it, to me. It is. It is. Hey. It's like if we'll they, learn more. they took the nets in hockey. And they, you know, folded them up to move them off the ice. And, uh, but you could accidentally expand them to be too big. Like, what? 
That would never happen. So let me ask you, since we talked about primetime TV, what are you watching tonight? Probably nothing. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean most, I, you know, like, I don't think the TV, most days, unless there's some sort of game on, TV's probably not on. Yeah. The next thing that I'm going to try to watch is the soccer game tomorrow. I know I'm not going to. It's at 10 p.m. But so it's Friday. There's no way. It's Friday. Come on. Yeah, it's still 10. I still got to wake up in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> not gonna, not going to make it. Hey, look at this. The, the, the soccer's at 10 tomorrow, and the Mets are at 10 tomorrow. I mean. Oh, we can text back and forth about our games. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back here tomorrow. BMS and BMR on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.